Hello and welcome back to Insemination and happy Pride everybody. I am so excited to introduce you to our next guest who is a donor conceived person, advocate, and freaking queen. This person talks a lot about the very toxic environment that she grew up in with her recipient parents that definitely related specifically to the donor conception. Also, I apologize for this. We had some technical difficulties during the recording that we didn't realize that were happening until after the recording. So if you are watching this on YouTube, please know that her video does not pop up until the very end. We were able to catch her voice, so if you're listening, you're all set to go. But I feel so badly because she looks absolutely stunning, so please, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you watch the full video to see how absolutely glamorous and her amazing flower crown, it deserves some massive snaps. Also, just giving you guys a heads up that I am headlining in Princeton, New Jersey, mid-June. Tickets are available on my website. And July 23rd, I am co-producing the show Stand Up For Drag with the amazing drag queen Gina Tonic at the Soho Playhouse at 8 p.m. The whole lineup is going to be stand-up comedians and drag artists raising money for both the Drag Story Hour and the Transformation Project. Get your tickets now because I got a feeling we're going to be selling out pretty darn quickly. But let's get to the episode. Thank you so much for coming on to Insemination at Donor Conceive Queen, a.k.a. Steph. How are you doing today? I'm so excited to be here to speak with you. I've been watching you for quite some time now, so it's an honor to finally meet you. Oh, thank you. That honor is all mine, especially because you're wearing a flower crown. You know, I love the I love the majesty vibes. I love also like that artwork behind you with like the flowers and the greenery. That's super cute. Thanks. I love that. I um I want to make like a vertical kind of like moss garden like that. So I, I love those vibes. I know. I, I don't know with what time I have to do that, but I want to. Like I have this dream of being like a crafty person. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, when, Laura? When? When, when is that going to happen? I like your setup. Thank you. Uh, that is all. Uh, my my husband built all of this. This is sort of his half of the room, which is all like nerd stuff. And then this half of the room is like my comedy posters. I've got like my Gilda Radner album here um, and the coffee maker, which, yes, that is that is. I love that. That is my life life source over there. <laughs> but but thank you again. So uh, you are a donor conceived person, a sperm donor conceived. Yes. Amazing. So I I know highlights of your story, um, and I feel like I would love to sort of get the ball rolling with something that is said by a lot of donors, and I would love to just use that to sort of kick your story off and get your feelings on it. So I obviously deal with like a lot of... um, there are a lot of donors who come on to like TikTok and Instagram and be like, I'm a donor. It was the best thing that I did. Huzzah. I made so much money. It was great. It was it was fantastic. And, you know, you always have donor can see people in the comments and, you, you, you know, you always ask the donors like, do you ever, I don't know, consider your donor can see child's feelings in any of this? And they're like, why? Because the donor conceived child is going to an amazing family. Like the recipient parent loves them and wants to be a parent so much. So obviously they're going to be a good parent. And I would love to just pass that ball to you right there. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. You threw me a tough one. I feel like you're, you're a good person to sort of ask that one. Yeah. Well, with my situation, I really feel... I got thrown the bad cards. Um, I I am the second donor conceived child in my raising family. Okay. And 
So I wasn't told. Um, I wasn't told until I took the 23andMe test and Ugh. everything kind of blew up in my face. How old were you when yeah. you took it? Uh, 32 almost. Oh, yeah. no. Oh, so you, 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 recently. you weren't a late discovery. You were a geriatric discovery. And that was coined by a fellow donor conceived person, Brad, who uh, was interviewed a couple episodes ago. Geriatric <laughs> discovery. Okay. So 23andMe. Okay, so yeah, I'd love to hear more about the late discovery and like how that process went and how that felt mm -hmm. to you. So throughout my childhood years, I had questioned my parents many, many times, especially my dad, if he was my real dad, because my raised my brother that I was raised with, my half brother, who's mm -hmm. also donor conceived using a different sperm, sperm donor. Uh. Um, he doesn't look, he's actually half Jewish. Uh, okay, yes. Okay, maybe him and I are related. Yeah, well, actually, surprisingly, this is totally off topic, but my half brother that I met through 23andMe is actually like distant cousins with my brother. Just oh, my God. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, and the <laughs> family tree slowly starts to bend into a wreath. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. there's, there's the wreath. It's starting to form. <laughs> it's not there yet. It's not a full wreath, but it's, you know, it's, it's just it's having some curves. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. Uh, so where was I? So my dad, he would tell us no that he would that we are his biological children. So mm -hmm. I didn't question it into my twenties. Um, I was gaslit by my mom, and she told me that she was fifty percent Jewish. So when I asked her, "Hey, mom, does that mean I'm Jewish as well?" She told me straight up, "No, it doesn't work that way." Um there's a lot of dysfunction in my family. So I didn't question it. And I, at that point in my life, I was definitely trying to separate myself from the family dynamic. Yeah. Okay. So brother is, so your mom is like, yeah, your brother is half Ashkenazi Jewish. You are both yeah. genetically our, our children, but you're not half Ashkenazi Jewish. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So it we got, no, we, we got some, we got some, we got some red flags. Mm -hmm. Um, but for you, your signs when you were younger that something was off was that you didn't look like your brother. Was there anything else that felt, I would say, that was giving those flags, those little red flags to you? Or was it just that? Uh, so there was many situations where my mom and dad would argue a lot. Um, I come from a narcissistic household. So there was a lot Yay. of arguments. And during those conversations, she would throw out in, in an argument, Pete, you couldn't even give me kids you never give me what I want, you, stuff like that. So oh it, it made me question when I was in high school, like, whoa, so how did how did Pete not give you kids if I'm his daughter? And I love that you were present for these fights and you were hearing yeah. that. Mm -hmm. mm, yeah. All right. So this is this is fun. I love it. We. Yeah. Oh, OK. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. No, no problems here. That No problems here. We can sweep <laughs> that one under the rug. All right. Yeah. Oh, OK. <laughs> So you take, okay, so I'm, I'm sort of trying to do the math, math in your head, math in, math in my head right now. So you're, you're 32 now. You've I'm 35 now. You're 35 now. Oh, I'm turning 35 okay. this week. Oh, Thank you. I'm very excited. Um, Yay. so you hit, so what, what made you then take the 23andMe test? So my husband actually bought the test for me during like one of the Black Friday sales. Yes, Amazon. husband. Oh, what's your husband's name? 
my husband's name is Carolus. Carolus. Oh my god, that is yeah. so fancy. Okay, Carolus, you get you get husband brownie points for doing that. Thank you so yes. much. Yes. I know. I thank him for getting that test for me because it sat on my desk for several weeks before I actually took mm-hmm. the test. I knew something was boiling, bubbling with that test. Mm-hmm. Um, I had actually told my parents that I had it and I hadn't taken the test yet. And my parents were like, I don't know. It, it was just an awkward conversations overall with them throughout the years. I moved out of state. Um, okay. I tried to keep in contact with them. But when I found out, um, my husband was there to support me. Um, and I found out first, I opened up the app on the 23andMe Mm-hmm. app and um, I saw that my father connection was to someone I didn't know my donor now oh your that. donor was on on 23 yeah, and me 23 and me and so was my half brother who's also donor conceived and also a cousin was on 23 and me oh my god how has your donor been receptive yeah he he told me that he is open to meeting oh my god is that something that you're interested in? I am. I am. <laughs> Probably not right now. <laughs> yeah, I think that, no, but I think that that's understandable. I think that yeah. that's a journey that all donor conceived people need to take and and for all of my donor conceived people who who are listening, there's no right way and there's no wrong way. And you might feel one way now, in 10 years you're gonna feel maybe differently, or it might not ever interest you, or might it might so interest you. It's okay and it's all good. The, the, the only thing that I care about personally is that you make that decision. That is your decision to make and you're not getting influences by recipient parents, society, clinics, cryobanks. This is your decision on how you feel. So. I, I love that you are taking that time to really process and listen to yourself. I think that that's great. Thanks. <laughs> so you, you how um, did you ask your donor, like, do you know what clinic or cryobank you're from? Do you? There was not a lot of information that he provided, um, but he did tell me that he did donate multiple times. So I do believe that there's other siblings out there of that course. just don't know that they're donor conceived. We're in a tough age group because I, it was common practice for doctors when like we were made, like it was like, yeah, don't tell them that they're donor conceived. Mm -hmm. And there's so many of like our siblings and people in our age group who have no idea that they're donor conceived who are out there and they're not sitting, they're not questioning it whatsoever. And they're not thinking I should take the test. It's not even on their radar. And that sucks. It's it's a very, it's a tough process because everybody has the right to know, everybody should know, and should make the choice whether or not they want to take a DNA test. I obviously think all donor-conceived people should, but, oh my God. I mean, that's that's tough. So how many siblings have you found so far? So my donor has four biological children, okay. and then I have two donor-conceived brothers that are both half-Jewish. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. And are you guys in close proximity? Are you like far away? So I'm definitely not anywhere close to them, but we did meet up. Oh my goodness. The four biological children and then my one donor conceived half sibling. We all met up for like a sibling reunited trip. It was fun. We also have like a group chat open that we send pictures and messages Mm -hmm. to daily. So that's been eye opening and fun sharing my life with them. Has there been some fun, like, genetic mirroring surprises? Like, you've been like, oh, my God, that's – those are my cheekbones that I've never seen. Like, has yes. there been anything like that? 
Yeah, I see. I see the resemblance in my children. Oh my goodness, so that's pretty cool. And for the longest time, I didn't know my fourth child looked so much like my donor side of the family. And wow. I found a picture of the of my grandma, my donor's mom, and they look so much alike. <gasps> oh wow! It's 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 that's the thing. Like it doesn't just affect the donor conceived no. ad adults' children. It also affects their children as well. And yes. no one stops to ever think about that. Mm -hmm. So have you told your recipient parents that you, one, found out your donor conceived and all this information, have you shared it with them? Oh, yeah. They were not happy. They wanted me to continue keeping it a secret. And I did for two years. I did for the most part. I, When family members asked me because they heard gossip through the grapevine, I definitely admitted, yeah, like I'm not Peter's daughter. Wow. What you heard is true. So I wasn't going to lie about it. So yeah. when my parents found out I wasn't going to be loyal to them, they definitely started pulling back from having ties with me and wanting to contact me. I, I, I okay. I, all right. I mean, <laughs> yeah. all logic is out the window now. Mm -hmm. I, I never understand. Like, why did they... Uh, I mean, it sounds like your dad struggled, your, 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 your dad struggled with infertility and yes. that's, that's why, but I still don't, I logically, I just never make the, I can understand being insecure and, and worried about telling your child that they're donor conceived. I can understand that, but making the active choice to not just own, not just not tell your child they're donor conceived, but then punishing them for finding that out. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's I exactly what it felt like. I, I mean, why did they want, why did they want kids then? Like it just, that doesn't, that actively doesn't make sense to me. No, have, I don't think it will ever make sense. Ha, and ha, does your brother know now? Oh yeah. He's known for years. Did he know sure. before you? He's, he told, he's been open and honest that he's had a 23andMe account for many years, but. But he, he never told claims, you? He claims he never clicked on the button to see who he's related to. I just don't believe that. Okay. Ooh, how have things been with your brother, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, it's not the greatest. He's definitely on my parents' side. Um, there's a lot of narcissist narcissism in our family. So my brother and I have been like triangulated against each other. Oh, Jesus. I'm really yeah. sorry. Yeah, oh, my it, God. But the trade-off is I get to meet these other individuals from my discovery, these awesome siblings. So it's, it's okay. I, I get that. I mean, I did, I, I've gained specific, I mean, I have an, multiple siblings, but, um, donor conceived siblings, but like there's, there's one sister in particular who I'm like, the fact that I, I've got her now is just, it's wonderful. Um, and I, and I do look at that as a huge, um, you know, as many, as many issues that I have with, you know, the donor conception, the industry, my own donor conception, I, I do look at that as like, I am connected to this amazing person. That is a gift. And I, and I do focus on that a lot, but, um, so what is, so this journey for you, so you've only been sort of like on this, well, I mean, you technically have been this on this journey for like a long time, but I would say you've had now this knowledge for three years only, which is still pretty new. What is the emotional journey for you? Like, like how have you been processing this? By being an advocate 
this has definitely been so healing to be able to express what I have been feeling for so long um, by sharing our personal stories. I want to educate others to avoid the mistakes in becoming a sperm or egg donor or receiving sperm or egg or embryo. So when the donors, so what would then you tell, like when the donors all, all say like, yeah, but like donor conceived people, like they, they're going to good families. What would then be, what, what would you then tell donors as something to kind of consider and think about? There's not enough laws and regulations surrounding donor conception and there needs to be. Yeah. I, I mean, it's like, there's no, and it's always something I bring up with donors is like, there's no background checks. There's no, gar- yeah. there's no regulated, like, how do you know? Like, especially if you're an anonymous donor, you've never met these people. How do you know that they're great? Right. There's no kind of uh, federalized or regulated background check in, in, in any state in mm-hmm. obviously federally in the country. Like, how do you know these are good people? All you need is money. And last time we checked, money does not equate to being a good parent. Right. It's yeah. it's not to say that there are bad like obviously there are wonderful recipient parents out there but to just assume with this blanket statement that well they must be good parents because they were willing to go through this treatment it's like yeah there's a lot of people who are willing to do a lot to have children don't make mm-hmm. them good what has been um what has been su- what has been a surprise for you in terms of learning about how the infertility industry has worked what what are things that have surprised you I would say the reactions that recipient parents have towards donor conceived people coming out and speaking their truth. I know I don't have the best story behind me figuring out that I'm donor conceived and I have a lot of trauma, which makes me a survivor. So I have a lot of experience with that. And I am advocating for um, survivors of any type of abuse because I've gone through it all. And a lot of recipient parents don't want to believe that. They don't want to accept the fact that not all of the donor-conceived children are being treated humanely. Is, is that That's the reaction you get from telling your story is like... Yeah, I've had a lot of recipient parents attack me because I first was calling myself the donor-conceived survivor. So I changed it to donor-conceived queen. I mean, I kind of like Queen better. I I like (laughs) both of those names, and I think both names are valid. But you were getting you were getting attacked for calling yourself a donor conceived survivor. Yeah, they were saying that maybe people would misconstrue it as you're a survivor of being a donor conceived person. But I guess they just really didn't want to listen to the story that I had to tell. Um, Yeah, I I really I uh, this is something where I, I recipient parents like. You, you you need to start listening to all of us as a whole, because when you start to listen to all of us as a whole, there are patterns that emerge. Of course, you're going to think you're a good parent. Of course, you're going to yeah. think I'm doing a great job. But that's why we need donor conceived people. And that's why you need to listen to donor conceived people tell their story, because mm-hmm. you need to be put in check. And I always and this is the part that I that I always get really frustrated with is. If you're getting heavily triggered by something that a donor conceived person is saying, that's triggering an insecurity for you. Yeah. And you really need to look into it because if you know in your heart that that's not who you are, you would hear your story and empathize and go, oh my God, that was a horrible situation for you. I totally get it. That's awful. And I'm so sorry. 
that is the normal human reaction to that. Not, oh, go fuck yourself. That's that's not my child's story. <laughs> like, I, I just, right. I don't yeah. understand that. I, I, I don't get it. And wouldn't you, as a recipient parent, actively want to do the best by your donor-conceived child? So wouldn't you want to be soaking in and taking in as much as you can from donor-conceived people? Mm -hmm. I just, I don't, I don't get, do they just actively not believe your story? I don't know what it is. I honestly don't, don't even, I just changed it to donor conceived queen and left it at that. <laughs> That's, um, I'll wear the crown. Or do you, or so, or do you get the dismissal of like, I respect that that's your story, but that's not like my child's story. Yeah. That's basically what it is. Ugh. I, yeah. I it's one of the, okay. Oh my God. It's fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I want to believe that there are more loving, caring recipient parents than parents that I have had that I was raised with. So, you know, I want to believe the best in people, but we have to listen to everyone's story. If we, if we created all the regulations for donor conception only off of my story alone, the regulations would look different than probably what I am personally advocating for. But I recognize as well, my story is not everybody's and your story unfortunately is common. The amount of donor conceived people who have been treated like yourself is common. Yours is not yeah. unique, which is very sad. I mean, every time there I needs to be more of us talking about it because yeah. it's such a, a shameful, embarrassing, guilty thing to come out and say, yeah. I survived. And then to be donor conceived on top of that, it's heartbreaking. And I don't think there's a lot of people who are brave enough us donor conceived people who are brave enough to come out and say it. And I hope that by me being a beacon of light and hope that other people will be able to do it as well. I, I hope so too, because I mean, you, you know, it's like, I, I never want to disrupt somebody's peace and I totally get, we all have different healing processes, but mm -hmm. I also, unfortunate the unfortunate truth is we're not going to create the regulations that we need until we come forward together to show a pattern of behavior. One donor conceived person can make a difference, but a lot of us can get laws changed. Yeah. And that, and that to me is like, we can only do so much if we don't have the evidence that we need. Because, I mean, you and I have spoken to, I'm sure you have had conversations with donor-conceived people like very privately and quietly. And the amount of stories that are there that can be verified, can be proven, are big enough that I'm like, that story alone over there could change the industry alone. But unless they're willing to come forward, it's, it's, it's not going to do that. Right. And that is it's a tough it's a very tough situation. Um, I remember speaking to a recipient parent who I was trying to he um, he had he had a donor conceived daughter, I believe. And, you know, trying to talk to him about the issues with donor conception. And he kind of scoffed it off as like, well, it just sounds like there's a lot of really crappy recipient parents. And that's really what we should you should focus on, not the industry. Mm -hmm. As somebody who had a very unfortunate relationship with their recipient parents, do you think the focus should be on the recipient parents or do you think there should also be focus on the industry changing as well? I would say definitely both. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, cause how uh, do you remember what state you were created in? Were you, California. You, you were state in California. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um. Do we, do we, and we don't know what bank, what clinic or anything like we that? We don't know. No. Oh my God. 
So, mm-hmm. I mean, you have no donor profile, no donor number, nothing like that? No donor number, nothing, nothing. And I've tried. I've tried looking. I've tried calling, and I just can't get that information. And your donor-conceived it- siblings don't know it either? No. no. Oh, damn. This information would have been helpful. I want to add that um, my firstborn actually has medical issues. And if I had known, if I had known that she didn't have... 50% of my medical history, we would have been able to get her treated faster in the hospital. And it breaks my heart that my parents, the recipient parents came to the hospital multiple times during multiple of my daughter's hospital stays and never had the heart to tell me, Hey, Steph, you don't have 50% of your medical history. You should probably get tested for everything. Oh my and God. instead she suffered needlessly. And this is what I want to prevent. I want to prevent from, from other children, from this happening to them as well. And and if you had known that you had been missing half of your medical history, if you had been able to get tested, that information would have really helped your daughter out. Yes. Uh, the doctors in the hospital kept asking me, do you have this illness? Do you have this Shit. disease in the family history? And I would call up my parents or if they showed oh, up at the hospital, God. I would be asking them face to face and they literally just didn't tell me. Oh my God. Yeah. So this is like, and I mean, this is in the hospital. So this is like, it's got a little bit of high stakes to it. Yeah. Like a life threatening. Some of the hospital stays were life threatening. Oh my God. She was dealing with like code blued and, um, yeah, they so have the heart to tell me. Yeah, guys, recipient parents, not, yeah, they're all great. They're all awesome. A hundred percent. Jesus. Yeah. And it was, you know, it hurts also because knowing that that's their first granddaughter, my first child, I just had wished it didn't happen that way. Yeah. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. I, 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 yeah, I mean, I would, I definitely, this is where one of those things are where it kind of, I'm going to ask recipient parents to sort of like, you guys got to sort of police your own because like, I know there are good recipient parents out there. You guys need to be policing other recipient parents as well. It can't just be donor conceived people calling this kind of behavior out. You guys are in those private chat rooms talking to yourselves and talking to each other. I know you are. I've seen some of the conversations y'all have had and it's terrifying what you guys are okay with. Um, I got to see um, some uh, some screenshots from a uh, recipient parent group from a cryobank. And they were all talking about how like, oh yeah, my pod's 100, my pod's 200, my pod is 150, my pod is seven. And they're all talking about it like, yep, that's just, mm-hmm. oh my God. Yeah, we're having this like little, like, you know, re- re- you know s- sibling reunion. Oh, it's just so cute. Yeah, there's just, so, there's a hundred of them. It's so amazing. And I'm like, where are the ones with the feet on the ground? Where where are the ones who are in the right headspace calling this insanely toxic behavior out? We need mm. your help because yeah. when we start going into the comment section and we start saying like, guys, this is like hideous. They call us, well, you're just emotional. You're an emotionally, um, you're an emotional donor conceived person. You're just angry. Yeah, motherfucker, I'm angry. Bitch. <laughs> That's a normal reaction to you being asinine. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I, um, I, I don't want to give health information. I, I want to be private, but um, one of my donor conceived siblings, unfortunately, had a, had a situation similar to you in terms of the hospital and their parents, even at that point, refused. I, wow. Yeah. So again, I, I, so I want, it's common. 
parents, recipient parents, literally will. There, I, I, there are some recipient parents that would let their donor conceived child suffer and die over telling them that they are donor conceived. Like, how insecure do you have to be to do that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the word of the day, how narcissistic do you have to be? Yep. Oh my God. 100% narcissistic. And to ask your donor conceived child to keep it a secret for you after they have accidentally found out. Again, another sign of being narcissistic, gaslighting, and I just won't have it anymore. I want others to not hold their recipient parents' secret a secret anymore. The more we continue to hide for them, it's not going to solve the problem for our future donor conceived children that are being born right now who don't have a voice. I love that. If there are, so then I would love for you to kind of talk to the donor conceived people who are scared to come forward because they are, there are, I think a big thing that, that stops so many donor conceived people from coming forward is they're so scared to upset their family dynamic. Mm-hmm. Cause I think that that's really like, that's such a malicious part of donor conception is it pits families against each other. Yeah. And that is ab- absurd that that does that. Um, mm-hmm. Because it's like, yo, recipient parents, you actively decided to make this choice. You chose this. And now you are making the donor-conceived child responsible for everybody else's happiness and sacrifice their truth and not allow them to explore their truth. Mm-hmm. Um. But what would you tell donor-conceived people who are scared to come forward, who are nervous about upsetting their parents, who are scared about losing them? What would your advice be? By sharing our personal stories, we have the power to educate others about what mistakes to avoid in the process of becoming a sperm or egg donor or recipient. We also shed light on the profound consequences experienced by donor-conceived individuals who have been deceived throughout their lives. Through our advocacy, we aim to secure more rights for donor-conceived individuals and emphasize the urgency of addressing their needs. It often feels like we are pleading for basic human decency to be acknowledged and heard. In this role, we become the voices of our future donor-conceived children, striving to create a better world for everyone. Oh my God! Yes, queen! (laughs) Yes, you are the donor-conceived queen! Fuck yes! Yes! Oh, oh, I want to revel in that a little bit. Oh, my God. Yes! Oh, if I had glitter cannons right now, I would be shooting them off. Oh, that's exact. Yes! Oh, my God. You had that ready to go in the tank. I loved it. I did. I did. I have more, too. Oh, oh my God. (laughs) Yes! Yes! I love that. I love that. And I love that you're putting... I, I I love all of the notes you're hitting. You're putting the donor conceived feelings first. You're and and thinking about the community and the community safety and our future members of our community, and you're yes. bringing us together. And I and I love that. I love and you say there's more. There's more thoughts. <laughs> Rock, keep rocking yeah. my world. What okay. else? What other? What other? What other truth bombs? Love bombs? Do you have to drop? So there is a reason behind the assignment that we have been given as donor-conceived people. We have an assignment. Over the years, I have dedicated myself to personal growth and development, becoming the bravest version of who I am today. This journey has prepared me to face the truth about my donor conception. 
Now armed with knowledge and skills I have acquired, I am committed to advocating the rights of donor-conceived individuals and survivors of various forms of abuse. Through my personal experiences in education, I strive to make a positive impact and bring about meaningful change in these important areas, such as survivors and donor-conceived individuals. Oh, so beautiful. Thanks. So beautiful. And <laughs> I, I really... I vibe with that. I, I, my, my heart sings with that. I, I, I just like it, it, it hits the chords in me as well. Um, and it's, it's what that, that is what I strive. And that's the standard that I try and hold myself to as well. Um, what are, if you so far in your donor conception journey, what would be like the top things you would like to see changed? Within our community, like what are, whether it be regulations or I would say, um oh there's so many things well, definitely laws and regulations any I would like to any particular laws that you think are like this is number one for me I, I just I really wish I mean personally I wish I could call a sperm bank and find out how many siblings I have I mean that's that's my number one yeah thing that I would love to have and I just can't and and that's but that's such a legitimate ask is understanding how many because I mean we know mm -hmm. the pods that exist are how many pods are a hundred plus? I mean, we it's it's tremendous how much how it the numbers of pods that are a hundred plus are huge. It's much more than even we expected, mm -hmm. and that's something you have the right to know. You um the amount of donor conceived people who went to school were next door neighbors, um yeah. were childhood best friends who dated their sibling. Oh. I don't know. It's yeah. like all of our greatest fear. I mean, yo, yeah. I partied in college. I partied in college and i uh -oh. i i try and remember like some of those dudes who i hooked up with and i'm just like oh, oh my god what did, did we look like what did if? we look what, what if? if like oh my god i mean i don't know and i'm scared yeah. i'm scared for myself yeah. um or like who i hooked up at like with like at sleepaway camp and stuff like that and i'm like oh my god please tell me it was. <laughs> what if what if was was it just like <laughs> intense genetic mirroring where i was like oh my god we're so alike i feel so i feel so connected to you and then we ended up going the uh-oh route yeah it, it does it does worry me sometimes <laughs> great but yeah. um okay so being able to find out who your siblings are i think is i i think that that's so valid that's under we should know who our siblings are and you should be yeah. able to call up a clinic so and that also i think that there should be therapy for offered to donor conceived individuals and the recipient parents mandatory counseling for recipient mandatory. pairing well i mean mm -hmm. they have that in the uk there's mandatory counseling oh. for for recipient parents and donors which i'm like is so basic yeah. I, I mean they say there's there are clinics and crown banks that say like oh no 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 we offer counseling for donors the counseling all it is is the clinics and cryobanks going like you know you're not the parent right and as long yeah. as the donor is like oh no, no no i know i'm not the parent that's them passing counseling that's what it is so that's it's crazy. not counseling in the in the way that you and i are thinking about it mm -hmm. and it's the bullshit but anyway uh so yeah mandatory counseling what are other changes you'd like to see background checks for sure background checks are um yeah I, that that one is going to i will say for for all of my listeners i'm going to put a little bug in bug in your ear with that one i'm going to uh loop back to background checks um later on this year you will see why we are 
let's just say there, there, there are things moving and grooving with that one. But yes, there needs to be some kind of background check. Um, yes. I don't know. Maybe just ensuring that a recipient parent isn't on a sex offender list feels pretty easy to do. That seems pretty basic because donor conception, um, very, anybody can use it in the United States. Anyone can use it. All you need is some money. That's it. So there are some very bad people who have had access to it. Yeah. So again, your stories on that. I was shocked. Yeah. So again, donors. What 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 is that? What 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 was that old like? Um, sixty minutes or ten ten win? What what was it like? Um, it's nine p.m. Do you know where your children are? Where where what what was that again? That was that was from when we were kids. I saw that too. Yeah. Wow. Shit. I don't remember that saying, but it's it's like donors. <laughs> it's two thousand twenty three. Do you know where your children are? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, no, I think that that's totally, I think, yeah, asking for some kind of background check, mandatory counseling, making sure counseling is available for donor-conceived people. I mean, we've not, we've never done long-term psychological tests on donor-conceived people to see how the donor conception impacted them. We are just barely starting to do long-term physical studies on how donor conception affects them. Mm -hmm. Um. Have you, like, do you have, because I know you said your daughter has experienced some medical issues. Have you experienced medical issues as well? I haven't, but I have noticed that now that I'm advocating for myself at my general doc doctor's appointments, I let them know I'm donor conceived and they, I'm able to get the tests, yes. preventative tests for certain cancers and yes. diseases and illnesses that I needed all because I told them that I'm donor conceived and they took yes. it seriously. Yeah, donor conceived people, when you go into your general practitioner, any any goddamn doctor, you tell them yeah. I'm donor conceived. I do not have half of my half of my um medical history. Now even if you do have it, I suggest you say that you don't, just so you can get the preventative tests. Exactly, because that donor yeah. profile that you have with that medical mm -hmm. history, it was not verified. It can right. literally be a, an entire pot of lies maybe okay. your clinic or cryobank did some genetic testing but they did not do everything and we also have found some clinic and cry clinics and cryobanks that have lied about that so mm. even if you have that donor profile still tell your doctors you have nothing unless you have verified things with your donor do just tell them and because that's helped me that's how i found um my my tumor on the bot on my pituitary gland oh my gosh I'm okay. I'm all, I'm all right, but like it's one of those okay. things where we found it where it was small enough where we've mm -hmm. been able to treat it with medication and I've not needed surgery. And I did that because I became such a fierce medical advocate for myself going, "I am donor conceived. Give me all the tests that my medical insurance will allow." Thank you. And my doctors yeah. were great and they were awesome and they were um, you know, I live in New York City, so like my doctor, my, my doctor is Ashkenazi Jewish and saying that like, yes, I found out I'm half Ashkenazi Jewish. She's like, great, I know I'm going to test you for all these things and all those, all this stuff over here. And that was great. And so the fact that she understood what that meant and what she should test me for was just such a, such a gift. And it's just, mm -hmm. ugh. Yeah, no, the medical shit's fucking crazy. And I was yeah. able to convey that to some of my siblings go, yo, get tested for this if you're having these kinds of problems. That's good. But, oh my God, yes. Um, but yeah, the medical issue is always, always, always tell, always tell your doctor that you are donor conceived. Mm -hmm. And for your children as well, be an advocate for them. Yeah. It's important. Oh God, absolutely. 
Yeah. A- abs- it does affect your children. And for it the does. recipient parents out there, it does affect your grandkids. Yeah. It does affect them as well. Um, well, Steph, I cannot thank you enough for uh, coming on. Um, do you have any final amazing thoughts to, to drop on us as before? Because you were raining down beautiful truths. Do you have any final thoughts that you want to share? Sure. I'd like to take a moment to express something important. I want to acknowledge that the both of us, you and I, advocates for donor-conceived individuals, represent a relatively small population, a percentage of the population. It is crucial that more of us step forward to stand up for the rights of donor-conceived people. With that, I virtually extend my hand to you, recognizing the honor it is to be in the presence of another individually, individual who passionately advocates for our basic human rights. I am eager to share my personal journey and knowledge. As a mother myself, I aspire to inspire significant positive change within our community. I absolutely love that. And you are <laughs> absolutely inspiring. Um, I can abs- I can I can say that um with 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 no 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 questions that thank you for coming forward especially with and the reason why I think that you your your story is so important and the fact that I think that you are so brave is because you are standing there you're standing there alone mm-hmm. um I am privileged and lucky enough that my parents back me up and I'm very grateful for that and I can't imagine not doing that without their support and the fact that you're doing this and you're just standing tall and you've put that absolutely deserved crown on your head deserves so much applause and so much validation. And I cannot thank you enough for being such a beacon of light in our community that is needed, especially for the donor conceived people who did not have safe recipient parents. Because it is shoved down our throats, all of us, that we need to be grateful to be alive. Isn't it such mm-hmm. a gift? Shouldn't we just be grateful that our parents spent so much money and so much time having us? And the mm-hmm. fact that you're giving such a safe space for donor-conceived people to be like, no, I'm fucking pissed. My parents sucked. Yeah. And, al- sure. and allowing them to say, like, no, you're allowed to say your, your parents sucked, I think is so <laughs> needed. <laughs> It is needed. I mean, again, well, yeah. I know there's some great recipient parents out there. I know y'all exist, but still, this is needed because it is true. Mm-hmm. And I want others to know that you aren't alone. If you've been abused and yeah. you're a donor-conceived person, just know that you're not alone. I've been reading a lot of experiences of other donor-conceived people's uh, stories, and not a lot of them were like my own. So I decided to take that plunge and go head first and start speaking up for myself and advocating for our community. Well, and I, and just because you weren't hearing stories similar to yours doesn't mean that they didn't existed. They just maybe weren't ready to come forward. And now you have given them a safety net and a path. And that again is the more diversity that we show within our groups, even though there's so much commonality, um, there are different stories and we all need to be there to support each other. And so far I've seen that beautifully in our community. I, by and large, we all are, are here to just cheer each other on. And every time, you know, one of us, one of us stands up, we, we have a better chance at really 
ensuring that the next generation of donor-conceived people are going to have it better than us. Right. And I also think it's, it's, it's healing for us. It's healing for us to make the changes that needed to happen. I do think that that is healing. And I think it's also a karmic reaction to the fucking industry. Yes. They made us. They get to, they get to now pay for us. They, pay, they get to pay for it now. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, Steph, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, where can people find you to learn your story? You can find me on YouTube, Donor Conceived Queen. I also have an Instagram. You can follow me there while I, where I do, like, personal story times there. Um, but I'll be uploading more to my YouTube channel, Donor Conceived Queen, shortly. And hopefully I'll add this podcast, too, and link you, Laura. Amazing! <laughs> I love it, and um, thank you again, and I hope you have a lovely day, my gorgeous donor-conceived queen. Thank you, Laura. Thank you for having me. It was so exciting to meet you. I hope we get to do this again. Absolutely. Hopefully we okay. get to do this again, and yes. maybe we get to do this maybe when you are maybe advocating for some laws or maybe maybe that when, when we're starting to do that kind of stuff because I think, I think you I'll got be right there next to you. I think you got some big shit coming your way. Yeah, I see, I think big too. shit's coming your way. So I, I think absolutely <laughs> we're going to have a part two and a follow up. Cool. All right. All right. I will talk to you soon. Have a great day, everybody. Bye.